Okay, friends. A lot of times on Twitter, you become friends with somebody on Twitter, but you don't really know them. And this is the case here in in this interview we're doing with Ryan Talbot. Because Ryan, who's on the line with me now, most of the time I'm, I'm kind of giggling at some of your wrestling tweets and gifts that you put out there. And it's good to finally talk some football with you like human beings one-on-one over the phone. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great, yeah. <laughs> big, big with the wrestling gifts and all that. and uh, But really excited about this matchup this weekend. Really excited to head to Houston to see this game. So I think it's going to be a great matchup. Yeah, all right. We've already got a, a rivalry going because you just said GIF, and I'm a GIF guy, so um, <laughs> I don't know. So you've been covering this Bills squad for quite a while, and the strength of this team from the outside looking in appears to be the defense. It's the nastiest defense I think the Texans have faced the last few years. We saw them bludgeon Deshaun Watson to the tune of seven sacks, 12 quarterback hits, and he wound up having to take a bus to Jacksonville the next week because he couldn't fly because his, his lungs had, had had some problems because of, of all the hits he took from that, that Buffalo D. Is that a correct assessment? Is the strength of this team their defense? Oh, 100% the strength is the defense, and, and it's uh, kind of funny because in that game, the Bills were really successful at getting after Watson. And obviously, uh, Houston upgraded their line this offseason, and it's a, it's a different line. But e- even last year, you know, stacking the quarterback wasn't necessarily Buffalo's strength, but in that matchup, it, it was. They really got after him a lot. Like you said, the seven sacks. Uh, I think the Bills can still do damage in that regard this year, but. Really, their big thing is they get these uh, opposing offenses in third and in long situations, mm-hmm. whether it's the tackles for losses. Uh, you know, Jordan Phillips, Shaq Lawson have been really good in that regard this season. So they, they get them in these matches, so they just simply get you off the field. It, it's not so much the turnovers, it's not so much the sacks, but it's going to be interesting to watch because the Bills have Jerry Hughes and they have Shaq Lawson, as I already mentioned. Lawson uh, is having a career year and a contract year. Uh, Trent Murphy, not necessarily a guy who's lived up to the contract, but coming off the two-stack performance against the Jets in an otherwise meaningless game. But then you also have those guys on the inside, the Jordan Phillips, uh, the the Ed Oliver, obviously. Yeah, we know about him, man. Yeah. Here in that second half. So that's going to be really interesting. Uh, but it's also going to come down to that secondary play. And obviously the key matchup there will be uh, Trey White versus uh, Hopkins. Yeah. You think he's going to stick, stick with him? Because sometimes in the past – We've seen opposing defenses put their best corner, and I'm talking about the, the Patriots here, put their best corner on Will Fuller or Kenny Stills and then essentially double up uh, Hopkins, and, and they, they would take that away. But that didn't work for the Patriots this year. Obviously a much different defense than, than what the Bills have. But I'm guessing you think Trey White stays with Hopkins the, the entire way? I, I do. He shadowed him a little bit last year, and it, it was a tough matchup. He fared pretty well if you look at the, mm-hmm. the stat sheet in terms of uh, the amount of yards that Hopkins had. Yeah. Hopkins had one outstanding touchdown catch in that game. Right. Uh, White was flagged a few times for defensive holding, so it was, it was definitely a physical battle. Uh, I, I just think that the Bills would probably feel better with that. Now, now that being said, if they lose Levi Wallace in, in Week 17, He's listed as day-to-day, but I would be pretty surprised if he did suit up. Mm-hmm. And now you have a former Texans first-round pick, uh, Kevin Johnson, who's probably going to be starting across from White. So so maybe they try that at some point where they double up on Hopkins uh, and they let Trey White go on the other side. But I, I'm anticipating more of a uh, 
Hopkins versus White matchup. I, just, I think the Bills want their best guy on the Texans' best guy. You bring up Kevin Johnson. He's a really interesting player, healthy as a rookie, and then after that, he just couldn't stay on the field. But the talent has always been there. He hits you know, with a fearlessness that is pretty commendable for someone of his stat- size and stature. And, I mean, I don't know how much you get to interact with him, but he's one of my favorite players to have just chit-chatted with in the locker room over the years. He's a really funny, funny guy. But now you mentioned he's probably put into – a more prominent role this week, probably playing a little bit more. Had he, it seemed like that was a pretty nice niche for him. What he was doing, what it, what was called upon him to be done so far this season. Do you see that changing pretty much because of the health you're you're saying? Yeah, I, I do. And, and you know, I will say I was blown away with him this summer. I, I was watching him a lot at training camp, and, and I came away really impressed in it. One point, I was actually anticipating that he would be the starting cornerback across mm-hmm. from Trey White. And it's not that he didn't see a fair amount of snaps. The Bills did give him a lot of reps, um, you know, spelling Levi Wallace and things like that. But they really did stick with the young guy out of Alabama there for most of the season. Wallace had his ups and downs, so yeah. some more opportunities uh, as the season went on, obviously. But, yeah, I, I think that Johnson's going to do okay. I, I, again, it's going to come down to what, what they want him to do. Are they going to double him up on Hopkins? Are they going to pull him across from someone else? Are we going to see – uh, you, you know, Will Fuller, is he going to be on the field? Is he going to be 100%? There's a lot of matchup problems that I think the Texans could uh, use against the Bills that they could benefit from, especially after the Bills lost Wallace uh, last week. So it's going to be really interesting. But, yeah, Kevin Johnson is, is a guy that I think can step in. It was kind of a 2A, 2B situation in terms of that second cornerback spot for the Bills. So I don't think there's going to be much of a drop-off, but mm-hmm. I'm intrigued to see him over the course of the entire game. How much of an advantage he has knowing and practicing against these guys and practice, and then vice versa. How much of an advantage these these Texans receivers have going against him? It it is kind of one of those little oddities that that's going to be fun to keep an eye on, fun to fun to monitor throughout. You know, you brought up Ed Oliver a few minutes ago. We all know about him because of what he was doing down the street at U of H. How bright is the future for him? Because I remember on draft night thinking, golly, he's going to the Bills. They've got that salty, salty defense, and he's just, it's like you're adding a strength to a strength. It looks like he's going to really blossom into something ferocious down the line and if, if he's not there already. Yeah, he's definitely getting there. He really came on the second half of the season, uh, a few, you know, multi-sack game on Thanksgiving against the Cowboys. He's had some big sacks there. Uh, some quality tackles for loss in recent weeks. Had one in week 17 when he was on the field. Mm-hmm. He, I don't know if it's necessarily a wake-up call, but there was one point in the season where the Bills kind of uh, inserted Jordan Phillips as the starter, and they kind of and, and Oliver saw his reps go down, and he really responded well to that. And you don't know necessarily how a first-round pick will respond, but he was really receptive to it. Uh, he realized that he could learn from those guys. He can learn from Jordan Phillips, who's also having a great season outright uh, in his own regard. Uh, but once that happened, something kind of like uh, came on. The light bulb came on, so to speak, and he, that's when he really started to flourish in this defense. So I, I'm interested to see how he's used, uh, if he can get after uh, Watson, if he can help them stop the run, because that's one thing. I know the Bills are a little over 100 yards per game allowed in terms of run defense, but they still do have their issues there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to be another interesting matchup in terms of the Hyde and, and Duke Johnson matchup in terms of how they can run against this Bills D, because – if they can run well, that's going to open things up for uh, Watson as well. So, yeah, Oliver's going to play a big role in that, too, in terms of his run defense. Smokey Brown, 
the run game, the second-year quarterback who can run the ball and do some things. What else do I need to know, and what else do fans need to know about this Buffalo offense? You know, you named a lot of it there. Obviously, John Brown is having an outstanding season. Uh, I think a lot of people kind of just thought he was a one-trick pony in terms of what he could do, but he has a he can run the full route tree and run it very, very well. That was, again, something at training camp that a lot of the beat guys were blown away with. It's like, man, this guy is just so polished in, in, in every area. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's been great, more than just a deep threat, obviously. That intermediate area has actually been where Josh Allen has been his bread and butter this year. Very accurate in that regard, and that's where Brown's been utilized a lot. Obviously, Cole Beasley out of the slot. Uh, th- there are some weeks where it's a little frustrating because Beasley will, will get – uh, only a handful of targets. There's other weeks where he goes off for uh, over 100 yards or he's in that 70, 80 yard range. So he's another guy, though, that can be an asset for them. And then obviously Dawson Knox, uh, rookie tight end. Um, you know, the measurables is what really jumped off the page when they drafted him. He wasn't necessarily utilized much to, much at Old Miss as a, as a receiving option. Flashes of brilliance there, but also a yep. lot of frustration in terms of the drops. Uh, a lot of drop issues, probably among the top at the position in terms of drops. But if you watch that Patriots game in week uh, 16, he probably should have exited that game with three touchdowns. Now, mind you, he was tackled at the one-yard line on the deep ball right before halftime, so maybe that one shouldn't have been a touchdown, so to speak. But he got open, created a separation down the field. He had the first drive of the game. He was open in the end zone. Josh Allen was just a little bit off target. The final drive of the game, Knox was open in the end zone. Allen just threw it a little bit out of his reach. So he's a guy that can get open, that can really uh, flash in this offense. But I do still think that this offense is one year away. They don't have another weapon at wide receiver behind Brown and Beasley. Uh, They've tried some different guys there. Obviously, Andre Roberts, he's a guy that's more of a return man, though, than anything else. Robert Foster had a really disappointing season after uh, you know, coming on in the second half of his rookie year. And, and then you have a, a guy like Isaiah McKenzie, who they really like to utilize on the jet suites and things like that, but uh, not necessarily a big factor in the receiving game. I'm going to give four names. We're going we're gonna to veer off course here. Bobby the Brain Heenan, Slick, Mr. Fuji, and Jimmy the Mouth of the South Heart. Who is Sean McDermott most like in terms of leadership? <laughs> that is a that's a tough one. Um, not, definitely not Jimmy Hart. Jimmy Hart's very loud, boisterous, and uh-huh. not Sean McDermott. And that would have been a Rex Ryan pick right there. Um, you know, in, in my interactions with him, uh, with other interactions I've seen, maybe I'll go with the Bobby the Brain Heen. And I, I think he is actually, you know, he's kind of quiet, but he's also very witty. Uh-huh. Uh, that's that's one thing that I always loved about the brain. I think that that guy could have been a, a real-life comedian if he wanted to go that route in his career. Could have been many things, yeah. Uh, yeah, he could have done many things with his career. You're right. You know, that that's a tough choice, though. Um, Mr. Fuji may be a close second because he... he He's a guy that uh, plots things out, but he doesn't do much talking. So maybe that would also be my answer. That's, that's a tough question, though. All right, on defense for the Bills, who is the ultimate warrior? Ooh. Uh, you know, this one might surprise some people. I'm going to go with Matt Milano. Okay, how come? Matt Milano runs around like his hair is on fire at times on the field. Sometimes he's just everywhere. Every time there's a tackle to be made, there's a play to be made. Uh, Matt Milano's there. Now, at the same regard, there's times where he's out of place. There's times where... Uh, he might get uh, lured in on a play-action pass, so he's still 
um, you know, far from a, a polished product. But in terms of that ultimate warrior being a little bit out of control, so to speak, running to the ring, shaking the ropes, I'm going to go with Matt Milano. The hacksaw Jim Duggan of the Buffalo Bills offense is? Frank Gore. Uh <laughs> Kind of, he's kind of built like a two by four. He's hard to bring down. <laughs> now, mind you, you're not going to see him much. I don't think in this game. I do think that uh, the Patriots game, or I'm sorry, the Jets game was good for him in Week 17 because he had really been struggling in terms of the yard per carry average. He didn't even get a snap against the Patriots in Week 16, and he was averaging under two yards per carry in the previous three games before that. Uh, but he averaged over four yards per carry in the season finale. He still showed that between the tackles, he can be utilized. But you're really going to see the Devin Singletary show in terms of, of the running back position for the Bills on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Singletary ended up averaging over five yards per carry as a rookie. Uh, one of those guys where he doesn't have the breakaway speed that um, that's maybe like the only thing that you wish you, he had. Mm-hmm. But he's the guy that will make you miss. Uh, really close proximity. It looks like he's going to go down for a loss, no gain at all. Somehow he avoids those that first tackler or two, turns the corner, gets a good six, seven yard gain. Those are frustrating guys to handle, man, for a defense. Those are those are those will kill you. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so you know the one thing is though, he's had two games where he's had uh, multi fumble, you know, two fumbles per uh, in, in two games. So he has to protect the ball a little bit better. Same thing with Josh Allen when he runs with the ball. That's one of their their biggest weaknesses. So hopefully. Uh, it, it, you know, the offense can protect the football to really make this a, a close matchup on Saturday. All right, we're going to close this with a little story time, and you're probably, like, rolling your eyes here. But way back when, about 15, 20 years ago, when I was a producer at a TV station, we had Hacksaw Jim Duggan on the air with us. And when I was setting it up, I was chit-chatting with him, and I mentioned, hey, Hacksaw, I went to SMU, and he had played football for the SMU Mustangs in the late 70s. And as we all know, those guys got paid a little bit under the table, and they wound up having the death penalty 10 years later. But I mentioned that I went to SMU, and he said, Oh, yeah, Mean Gene Okerlund used to joke and say, I'm the only guy that came into the WWF that took a, a pay cut. And I always thought that was a great little hacksaw Jim Duggan story. So, anyways. That's pretty awesome. You know, he was actually uh, in my in the town where I reside for a little wrestling show about uh, probably a year, year and a half ago. Yeah. Really nice guy. Yeah. Still doing a lot of the shows, still going out there doing autograph signings. Really down-to-earth guy. He's great, man. He's great. And you're great, too. Ryan, really appreciate you coming on and and sharing some of your Bill's wisdom. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. All right, Ryan Talbot, thank you so much for the time, and we will talk to you again very soon.